Welcome to the Modern Mean Mom Podcast. We're your hosts, Chelsea and Melissa. We believe behind every well-adjusted human is a mean mom. We're students of respectful parenting and recovering children of the stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about generation. We're here to share our triumphs, our epic mom fails, and hopefully some laughs along the way. So settle in and let's get mean. Hello everyone, Melissa here. Chelsea is actually off sick today. She lost her voice, which is slightly important for recording, but I have a special treat for you today. Today, I'm going to talk with Shannon Carr, a Rye associate and owner of Rise, which is a coaching organization that she started. And she was also the instructor for my Rye Foundation's Theory and Observation course. Welcome, Shannon. How are you? Thank you, Melissa. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to hang out with you today. Oh, me too. Is there um, anything else you want to add to your intro I just did or... Or are you no, good? Um, no, I think I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, could you maybe explain just a little bit like what a Rye Associate is and how you got there? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. What is a Rye Associate? Um, you know, I, I guess I'll start with how I, I got there. So I was, um, like many, interested in learning more about Magda Gerber's educaring approach and um, uh, started many years ago by taking the Rye Foundation's Theory and Observation course that you mentioned, Melissa, and then wanted to learn more and had an incredible mentor and ended up um, going through their pathway um, where I created parent-infant groups and um, um, learned to teach the Rye Foundation's course and now now, uh, and, th and then uh, was nominated and became a Rye associate. So, you know, as a Rye associate, you know, I get to, to mingle and collaborate um, with other Rye associates and get to share this work um, with people all over the world. So, um, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Uh, you're definitely a mentor for me. So I'm very glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, today I wanna to talk about separation anxiety and saying goodbye to our little ones with respect. Um, Cause I know I've heard people struggle with either dropping a child off somewhere or you know, even like separating from another room from their child. And for the parents, I know sometimes it's, it's easier maybe to dip out before they even know that you're gone, but that's not really respectful, right? So the story I'm gonna share has to do with my little guy, my three-year-old. So when he turned three, he got bumped up to the big kid little gym class where the parents watch from the window outside. I wasn't going into the room with him anymore. And the first three or four classes, he went in no problem. There was maybe three other little boys in the class, very small class. Um, and yeah, he was enjoying it, participating, doing his thing, waving to me from, you know, inside the gym. But then after, after those couple of times, all of a sudden, 
when it was time to go in, he started showing um, signs of uh, hesitancy and needing me a little bit more. Like he would, he would tell me, I want you to go in with me, mommy, or I don't want to go in. Um, he would even like, he would cry. He would resist going in. So I tried to look at it through the lens of the educaring approach, right? Kind of looking at his feelings, uh, seeing it through his eyes and how, you know, maybe, maybe leaving me was scary or even being in another room was scary, or maybe it's because there were more kids entering the class, more kids were aging up to three, so the class was getting fuller. So maybe he was a little shy. So I, I went into the class with him a couple times um, and just sort of hung back in the corner and he would sit on my lap and kind of watch what was going on. And slowly he would participate, um, but I could never leave the room, right? Like if I, if I noticed he was busy in the class and I tried to leave, he would immediately see me and be like, mommy, where are you going? Like, what do you think you're doing? You're in here with me. So that continued for another couple of weeks. And at one, one point I was sitting in a class with him and he wouldn't get off my lap. He wouldn't participate. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little, I was a little frustrated. Um, you know, little Jim is not free. But also I wanted to see my child having fun and engaging with the other kids and the equipment and the teacher. So it was kind of like a kind of a bummer moment for me as a mom. And I got frustrated and I just said, you know what? We, we're going home. I'm not, we're not, I'm not doing this today. I'm not feeling up for it. So if you're not having fun, we will go. <laughs> so I took him out, you know, he was screaming and crying. And I came home and I told my husband what happened and we sort of had a big conversation about it. And um, I said, you know, I've been trying to do this like respectfully in my mind, which was sitting in the class with him, making him feel comfortable. But I, I feel like he's still, he's still holding on to me um, or he's, he's still using me as a security blanket a little bit. And I don't think it's our jobs as parents and caregivers to completely remove any struggle that a child is gonna face, right? I think a little bit of struggle is okay. So we decided we would call, call up the little gym and speak to one of his favorite teachers who he's super comfortable with. And like I told him, look, I'm gonna drop him off at the next class and I'm gonna leave because it is a drop off class. And so we went there that day. I explained to him the night before, I said, you have little Jim tomorrow and I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to go run a couple of errands with your sister. And he's like, and then you're going to come pick me up, right? And I said, yes, I will be there when the class is over to pick you up. And then on the drive there that day, I explained to him again, I'm going to drop you off. You know, your favorite teacher is going to be there. He's going to hang out with you, be your buddy. And as soon as we got to the parking lot, he started crying. And then I'm like second guessing what I'm doing. So I, I held firm to what I, what I said was gonna happen. I you know, got him out of the car, took him inside, got his socks and shoes off. And I said, honey, I love you. I want you to have fun. It's okay if you're upset. Um, I'm gonna pick you up when this is over. And I love you. And I pretty much just handed him off to his 
favorite teacher who was like, I got this, this happens all the time. And I went across the street with my, with my baby daughter and I got a cup of coffee and I just sat there with like a pit in my stomach the whole time, like counting down the minutes till I could go get him. So I went back and picked him. I, I got there and I was able to view a little bit of the end of class from the window. And there he is running around, giggling, smiling, having a great time. And then when it was time to come out, he comes out and he goes, you're back. You came back to pick me up. And I'm like, well, yeah, I said I would be back to pick you up. So that was that was sort of our, our go-to move at that point um, was for me to drop him off. And I think I did that two more times. And the teachers told me, you know, when I would leave, he would cry for maybe a minute. But then he was like, it was over and he was participating and having fun. And now it's to the point where I can... I can sit in the, the waiting room and watch him and he goes in and he, you know, he'll go, I want one more kiss, mommy, um, which I gladly oblige him in. And he goes and has fun or I'll say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go run an errand and I'll be back. So that's that's sort of my story with my little guy and his separation struggle. Um, so I'm just curious to hear like your thoughts on that from your uh, point of view with all your expertise. Yeah, um, well, thank you for sharing your story. You know, I think um, <coughs> stories are important. We learn a lot from people's stories about um, different ways to, to approach a situation or support others in a situation or support ourselves. So, you know, sometimes, oftentimes um, families that I coach or, or um, teachers that I coach do connect with me and um, give me scenarios and say, um, what would you do, right? right? And that's so, it's so tricky because, um, you know, we talk about in in um, this work and this practice that it depends. It depends on so many factors that it's almost kind of like we have to be in your shoes sometimes to, to understand it and feel it. And even though there's, there's some best practice ways or things to think about, um, how it truly happens and unfolds really depends on the individuals involved, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I really like to think about, um, I, I like to think about um, the, the people that are involved in the situation, right? And um, I think about voice, right? Is everybody's voice being heard and valued? Um, sometimes um, in situations um, we forget in our society about the child's voice, right? Um, so allowing that, that voice to be heard. Um, so important, not only in their early years, but in our adult years too, right? We, our voices, um, it's important to be able to, to have a voice in our situations. We need voice throughout our lives. So um, that's something that I think about. And you talked a little bit about the word respect earlier. So yeah. um, 
you know, thinking about that respectful piece um, as far as respecting ourselves, right, and respecting our children, knowing that, um, you know, somebody told me years ago that our role from birth is independence for our children. And so um, slowly, you know, providing those opportunities when our children tell us they're ready through observation to, to have those new experiences. But for every child, it's very different, right? It doesn't um, depend on age or, or um, you know, if they're in a certain family or certain culture, right? It's very individualized. There are influences. Um, so, you know, I, 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 so again, it's kind of hard to say for your situation. It sounds like, um, you know, there was some voice being heard on both ends, right? Um, and it, it's kind of tricky to know what, what is best, um, definitely. But uh, it's good to hear that he um, is enjoying himself in his class now. Yeah. It's and I was... I was so, I, th I feel like it was harder for me, like, to get through that transition. Is that something that, like, you relate to at all? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I'm glad you talked about that. Noticing your own emotions, right? Um, it's just, you know, it reminds me when you, if you would walk into a room where maybe a couple has been fighting, right? Or, and you can just kind of feel the tension, yeah. Right? So children can feel your emotions, whether you say them or not. And so, um, you know, I think about this when children are starting school, right? Whether it's um, a preschool or an elementary school or whatever they're doing or going over to someone's house or a babysitter is coming over. Um, we may, as the adults in the situation, have some feelings around that. Um, and so, you know, acknowledging those feelings within ourselves and then um, sometimes sharing a little bit of those feelings if it's developmentally appropriate, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe, and you're, again, not that I'm trying to critique your situation, but, you know, in your situation, words in that moment may be, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I shouldn't have even said I was going to give an example, but um, maybe uh, we're going to a new class and this is going to be different. I'm used to being in the classroom with you and now I'm going to be watching on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm thinking about that right now. Oh, that's interesting. Like voicing not only that it was going to be different for him, but for me. Yeah. Yeah. So again, not that you're saying that it's bad or wrong or yeah. anything, but it's sometimes, uh, again, every study situation is different, but sometimes just saying that just I, help, can help a child identify what they can feel in you. Mm -hmm. right? if, if a parent feels something um, and um, if a, an adult is nervous about leaving a child or or um, then, then those, you know, acknowledging those feelings again in a healthy way can, can be helpful. Otherwise, it can be very confusing for a child. You have a smile on your face, but I can feel that there's something different, right? Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's a good way to model, 
right? To model how to share feelings. We don't always, I know I don't always do that very well, right? And I know sometimes I see that in our society, right? It's hard. Like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. When really, no, I'm not doing great at all, but I'm going to smile and pretend like I am. Right, because um, it's not socially acceptable anymore to be like approach someone and be like, I am just horrible. I'm having so much going on. My kid is not enjoying his little gym class, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that would be great. Right. I, and, and I, uh, I think that's a way to, to model authenticity and just where we are. And, and then gosh, then you get a su- some support as a parent. When I truly know that about you, it's not that I'm going to try to fix it, but I'm going to go, Oh, I'm so glad you shared that with me today. I feel closer to you more connected. Um, yeah. You were able to share that with me. Um, yeah, adult to adult, point. but right. Yeah, that's a great about Cause when I, when this was happening with my son, it was like every other, every other kid that was there in that class was doing it perfectly. So not only am I feeling that dichotomy of, okay, I need to be there emotionally for my son, but I also feel this pressure of all the other moms and caregivers watching me. Oh, yeah, that societal pressure, right? Yeah. And I, it's interesting. Um, and so telling you, you use the word perfect, because, right, perfect to whose standards? I know, Who right? that um, a child has to go to little gym at age three? Maybe a child doesn't need to go, to, you know, I'm not, you know, it's all good. So right. I'm not trying maybe to change they, your situation. Maybe they need to stay in the parent class a little longer, you know, because, right. Like we know, or maybe you don't start any gym till they're five or six, right? Or, right. Um, yeah. So, so, so society does sometimes tell us that we need to do certain things. Um, so, so sitting with that and deciding what is really best for you and your your family and and your child. Um, earlier is not better. Yeah, that's go on a whole other topic for that, right? But that sick kid <laughs> earlier does not mean better. We could do a whole other episode on that. We, we really could. Um, see, there you go. I, I helped you out with that one. Um, um, so go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I was trying to think. Um, I some of what you said reminded me to stay curious. We talked about being curious and having a sense of wonder when, when thinking about our children. So sometimes, um, you know, when I, um, maybe observing my children, I'm perceiving that this must be what's going wrong, um, because of my own story, because of maybe what I was like as a child. Mm -hmm. And so if I can kind of let that go and realize that this is, this is a human being that I, that is not me, if that makes sense. And really uh, just kind of be open-minded and curious about what, what it is for them and that all is okay. Right. Just like Mm -hmm. you were talking about those emotions, those emotions are crying doesn't mean that we as adults did anything wrong. Um, Crying is, is really saying, it may be saying, I need help with regulation, or it may be saying, I love you, and I can feel it right now, and it's causing me to cry, um, which means there's attachment there, and that's a lovely thing. Gosh, that's beautiful. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, expounding on that idea that you you just brought up, you know, what crying can mean from a child. Um, you shared with me a story before that I think would be awesome for you to share here that you dealt with. I think your son or your daughter, when you would say goodbye to them at preschool. Mm-hmm. My son went to preschool um, downstairs from where I uh, worked. And um, so that meant that sometimes I would walk in front of his classroom and, and I knew the teachers well. And so um, I would go in and say, hello, if you saw me, right? I, I, I had been in this field for this field of early childhood for years and learned that um, it's important not to sneak and I didn't want to hide Um, you know, like go below the window and hide so he didn't see me. I just wanted to be me and be authentic and real and um, and, uh, both during drop-off, but also during those other times of the day. It's just, for me, it just, I don't know, it didn't feel, there's something about it that didn't feel okay. Yeah. um, So I would go in there and, and after a certain amount of time, um, crying started happening, happening, and that's pretty common, um, both for, you know, a child starts a new school and they, they are excited for a few days, right? It's new and it's exciting and there's all these new toys. And then all of a sudden they, you know, it's almost like, and I don't know, I'm just curious about, but it's almost like, oh, it, it's not new anymore and this is becoming routine and I really would rather be with my mom and or dad or whoever the individual is that they're with. And now I'm going to show you some feelings on it because I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And so um, I feel like that kind of happened, you know, even with, with you and and your child. So that kind of happened. I feel like with, with my child, with me just coming in in the middle of the day. And I didn't like obsessively go in there, but it just, you know, it happened. And so um, I tried to, again, stay true to my thinking and, um, you know, would would say goodbye. My, my son taught me in preschool that when, um, going back and forth a little bit, but when he says goodbye, I know that's my cue to leave. Um, because I would sometimes stay around longer and chit chat and then, uh, he didn't know when I was leaving, so it became confusing. So I needed ah, help. And goodbye didn't really mean goodbye because you were still there. Yes, because I still, I just stayed. I, I wasn't following his lead. So that was something I learned. He he taught me that. Um, so anyway, I just, you know, uh, continued to go in there when we would see each other. And um, the teachers, uh, you know, they were a great support. You have to have those teachers that support the process. And they, you know, would would take him or hold him as I would leave and he would cry. And I remember I'd say, um, you know, we love each other. That's where these tears are coming from. And you're, you're feeling it. I'm feeling it, too. And I will see you, you know, at the end of the day. Right. I would just share what I think I was seeing um, if, you know, uh, if, if I knew or he would tell me if I was wrong. And. Um, and I do remember at one point thinking, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should just hide under the window and and because um, this just keeps going on. And then all of a sudden, one day it, it stopped. The crying stopped. Um, 
he was comfortable with me coming in and out and uh, if needed, I, again, I, I uh, wasn't down there too much, um, but it, it just, it just worked. So I had really had to trust and, and be okay with those emotions um, is what I found. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I, I guess that makes me think, you know, what is worse? If you were to, okay, you could have either just stopped visiting your son, which meant you were missing out on time with him and he was missing out on time with you, um, which it sounded like you both enjoyed, right? Seeing each right. other. Um, so you could have gone in and said hello and then just dipped out, you know, without him noticing, in which case he's probably going to have some sort of emotional reaction to that anyhow. So that makes me think out loud, isn't it better to be there for that emotional reaction? If it's going to happen, you know, if it's going to happen either way, shouldn't we be there as, as the parent? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up. We um, talk um, in early childhood. And when I used to work in early childhood programs about not letting that adult sneak out, right. When they drop off in the morning, um, because, you know, we used to, and I think this was probably a little harsh, we used to say it would cause abandonment issues, and that's probably a little harsh, but um, it does, when, when families do sneak out, those kids keep looking, like, where in the world did they disappear to, right? And then I found they would hold on tighter to that parent when they would drop off because they had no idea when they would disappear. So, so essentially it became worse and, and became really confusing for the child, not knowing what this individual was gonna, gonna go away um, right. versus knowing. So sometimes it's nice to have some sort of ritual, right? Uh, whether it's, um, you, know, you know, it could simply be, you know, you put the things away or your child does, whoever. It's not really about independence in the morning, right? When you drop off, for example, it's really about that emotional security. So following your child's lead, um, sticking to whatever routine you create, whether it's putting things away, giving a hug, saying goodbye. I had a friend that would always sing a goodbye song to her children before she walked away. Um, or I've had families that stay and read a story. Now, you know, that, that doesn't need to be that mm -hmm. big of a thing if, if it, unless you have the time and the space to do so. Well, again, um, it depends, right? It all depends. But whatever it is, sticking with that kind of boundary or routine that's created over time and saying your goodbye and, and then, then actually going, right? And that's hard for us adults to do. Um, you know, many tears happen in parking lots with families, yeah. with those big guys. Um, but then your child also knows and boundaries are really important, meaning knowing what to expect, those expectations, that routine. Um, so I kind of think about it that way. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, I think that's so helpful to talk about having a ritual, right? Because then it becomes routine, it becomes predictable, which then allows, gives your children some stability, right? Or 
they can come to expect, learn to expect what's happening, especially when you, when you are consistent with it. Right. Cause I, I just, yeah, I think the old Irish goodbye with children, it, it just feels mean to me. I mean, I get that. <laughs> this is the modern mean mom podcast, but we're not actually mean <laughs> in that way. Um, <laughs> so I really love how you talk about finding a ritual, whether it's, um, you know, okay, this is the time where we get your bag ready, or this is, you know, I'll take your socks and shoes off and then I'm going to go. And this is what we do every time to, av- to avoid that, that sneak away. Um, cause you know, it, it, I think it, I think it could create abandonment issues for sure. And there's just no way, no way to know the ramifications of, of doing that to children who are so young with people they trust so much. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Trust so much. So it just seems like we, in my perspective, it's, it seems like, you know what we need to, we need to be strong in that moment for ourselves, but for them too. So again, like all these really great things you're saying, like modeling, what we're feeling, sharing what we're feeling. I love that. Like what you said, you know, you love me and you're, it's, it's hard to say goodbye and you're feeling that and I'm feeling it too. I think even just little nuggets like that can be really life-changing. Yeah. We're yeah. struggling. Yeah. So. so true. I, um, yeah, I'm thinking about that, that goodbye again. And sometimes children will want to keep you there longer, right? So they're like, oh, read this book. Oh, read this book. Oh, come see this. Oh, come see that. So that ritual, whatever that may be, can be really helpful for both the child and the parent to do the ritual and then go. Right. right. Um, which again, can cause big emotions. But emotions are not, emotions are healthy. Um, and so being okay, you don't have to be okay with it, but knowing that crying doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just simply means you're kidding. You're kidding. Crying doesn't mean anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> right. Right. You know, often, you know, or sometimes when I work with families or providers, you know, the question is, how do I do this? I can't think of an example because when I do it, they get really upset. And so, you know, my response, part of the response is because they're upset doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just is an expression of of feelings or, um, and be, and being able to sit there with those feelings with them, right. We're those co-regulators. So staying calm, which is the hardest thing to do Mm -hmm. um, when someone is upset, but staying calm and just acknowledging what you see, you're really wanting X, Y, Z. And, you know, you're really wanting me to stay longer. It's time for me to go. I will see you after you wake up for nap or, um, after you go outside in the afternoon or whatever that black, you know, whatever that thing that is really easy to understand is that you pick up. Right. right? Oh, that's so, that's so great. And when I'm going to be sending my son to preschool in August in a couple months here, 
And I, I had a meeting, we went and visited the school, you know, so he could get used yeah. to it. And um, I spoke with the woman who's going to be his teacher. And I said, gosh, what do you, how do you guys handle separation anxiety? And, you know, all those emotions that come up, because I, you know, I want to make sure it's a nurturing space, you know, mm-hmm. for those emotions. And she said, um, you know, the best thing you can do to help your child get through that is to just come back, just come back and pick them up, you know, and build that. (laughs) Yeah. The new, it's a new experience for them. It's a new experience for you. And after they see that you come back, it gets a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And there is other little things you can do, whether it's, you know, having a family picture that you send with your child to keep in a private space or, you know, in my son's preschool, they ask us to bring in a framed family picture and family could, you know, is whatever it is to that child's family. Um, But that, you know, my child then would, you know, take with him to the block area or wherever it was mobile. Um, I've seen at some schools, they have them Velcroed on the wall so they can, you know, come off and, and move around. So, so sweet. your child can still have a picture of you in their mind at the end of the day, that object constancy, it's called, yes. um, you know, your picture, the picture of their parent or their, their guardian or their caretakers can slowly fade away throughout the day. And that can um, be kind of rattling to a child. So having that, that picture can be really, really helpful or, a story or, you know, a lovey that they bring with them. So those are all things that can really help support a child um, during those times, right? And throughout the day, mm. having that something. Yeah, that that's great. And those are like, those are just more tools we can put in our toolbox as parents, as caregivers, right? When we, when we come to these situations and it gets a little shaky and it, we may second guess what we're doing because again, we're, we're dealing with crying and big emotions and it makes us, just makes us second guess, you know. Yeah, the child will tell us, the child will tell us what they need through their body language, through their voice. If they're, you know, old enough to have that voice, it's, it's truly understood. Um, yeah. Oh, well, that is so great. I am feeling inspired from this talk and I thank you so much for joining me. And I know we're going to have to have you back because my (laughs) host Chelsea wants to talk with you too. So I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Welcome. It's good to talk with you. You as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Mean Mom podcast. Check out our Patreon and consider supporting us so we can continue putting out great content. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Mean Mom or email us at modernmeanmom at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It takes a village. Thanks for being a part of ours.